on Sunday, man. You, I know you're nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. The energy, electricity. That place was rocking anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bug fans were there, too. But... Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron Show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little clear. But we're joined by Pat Donovan. It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like you got a little No, my, my uh, camera's broke. Howdy ho, howdy hey. How the hell is everybody? We got a great, great, great Saturday on our plates here on the Bucketeers podcast. We got a lot to get into, dive into, chow into, and we got breaking news. It is official. Greg Allman has reported it as of 10 to 15 minutes ago. Liam Cohen is officially... Your 2024 Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator as the boys move quick down the search. It was a good search, a real thorough search, but they move really quick as they still had to outdo plenty of other teams out there looking for offensive coordinators. I think there's still four to six left out there looking for OCs. The Bucs found their man, Liam Cohen. We're going to get into his background, his information his Baker Mayfield ties, and so much more here on the Bucketeers. But Tampa Tones here alongside the great J-Lo and Stunna. J-Lo, how the hell you doing, brother? I'm amped. I'm ready to talk Bucks ball today in this wonderful hiring of Kentucky offensive coordinator Liam Cohen. Stoke, man. Like I said, he jumped to the top of my list the moment the Bucks interviewed him. Like I said, I think it's an upgrade more than Dave Canales, if you ask me. Yeah, and and that's a good point. We're going to get into that aspect of things as well. We're going to get into why he might be a very good upgrade or why it might be hard for him to fit in. We're going to get into all that fun stuff here on this morning throughout the Bucketeers. Christopher says, morning, everyone. Morning, Christopher. Hope you're doing well on this Saturday morning. Hope you're enjoying the news as Liam Cohen has officially became the Bucks' new offensive coordinator as of this morning. It was looking like it was heading for maybe being official last night, but they ended up chopping out the details this morning. JLo and Tampa Tones here to take you through this offensive coordinator special on this Saturday. Got some other fun stuff to talk about as well. I think Stun is here or there somewhere, but we can't really hear him. So Stun, if you're if you're here, let us know, buddy. We cannot hear you at the moment, but J-Lo, I want to get into this as well. Is our favorite Canadians joining too in the world of Facebook? Steppin Peppin, how you doing, Steppin? Uh, hope, glad you're joining us. Hope all is well. We got a lot of offensive coordinator and Liam Cohen stuff to go over. J-Lo, me and you have had a couple of pods this week. I had plenty of tweets about the offensive coordinator search, as did you. As you mentioned, you jumped Liam Cohen to the top of your list as soon as his name emerged as a potential candidate a couple days back on twitter or x whatever the hell you want to call it nowadays you know xyz twitter whatever uh land of the musk i put out a statement on x hey 
Um, I really think this is going to come together by Friday. You know, AVP got hired in New England by that point. Thank God. Yeah, thank God. We'll talk about that as well. (laughs) But I think we dodged a bullet there. So uh, AVP got hired by New England at that point. Uh, Liam Cohen's name was mentioned. Pete's was coming in for an interview. Our in-house candidates were ramping up, right? Van Dam, Tad Lewis. So the final four, everybody with familiarity around Baker Mayfield um, was the final four. Tad Lewis, Van Dam, Jake Pete's, and Liam Cohen. So all signs pointed to me. We'd get it done by Friday. So I put a statement out. I think we find our new OC by Friday. A lot of people had rebuttals saying, hey, it might take till mid-February. Look at Canales last year, yada, yada, yada. This year is much different, J-Lo, because A, with Washington and Seattle needing new coordinators and searches and whatnot now, and Liam Cohen being a hot commodity, you just want to find your guy out there. And the Bucks brought in a lot of potential names or floated a lot of potential names out there, and they were getting plucked left and right. Now, Liam Cohen emerged. To me, that was significant. And, hey, this is looking like the Bucks guy. Next thing you know, boom, deal is being zeroed in on yesterday, becoming official this morning. What say you on the whole structure of the timeline and landscape of the offensive coordinator situation? I think the Bucks did a really nice job. I think they had a wide, thorough search, a lot of candidates. And then they kind of narrowed it down to the final four at the end once AVP was gone. Hey. These four, Baker, you're the most familiar with, Thad Lewis, Van Dam, Jake Peets, and our guy, Liam Cohen. What say you, J-Lo? No, agreed. Clearly, it was all about Baker Mayfield, about what would make him comfortable to come back, because obviously he's going to command some cap space, depending on how he feels. But at the end of the day, Baker seems like he's all locked in on coming back, so Jason Lai in the front office and topples were trying to do the most probably best best guy, best hire possible to keep Baker happy and to run it back again next season. You know, Liam Cohen, I like him a lot. He has a great background. You know, he did he brought the best out of Will Levis, which is no one talks about. Will yeah, Levis and was- J Lo, that's a great point because Will Levis had those great first couple of years and then that last year at college, he fell off a little bit, and you finished the rest, but maybe that's why he fell to the second round, because Liam Cohen ultimately left and went back to the Rams. Oh, yeah, all about co- continuity, man. It's about getting the best coach that's going to make your team better, and I think he will. You know, he has great play-calling experience, pretty much runs the same system as Dave Canales did, but I think he runs it better, if you ask me. And plus, he's coached against, you know, some of the top dogs in college football and done pretty well. You know, I watched some of the highlights from Kentucky's offense. I mean, I watched him when he beat my Gators, so I already knew for a fact he was legit as a play caller. Um, As far as the other candidates, you know, they seem like good candidates. J.P. was probably my my top one before Lean Combs' name popped up. Same here. Outside of Ted Lewis, same here. Yes. You know, and the good thing is maybe he might be able to pluck, you know, Jay Peets from the Rams and make him the QB or receivers coach, either one, depending on what Thad wants to do. I, I think ultimately we'll retain Thad as QB coach. That's then, my hope. And then skip, and then skip uh, I mean, that's, not, yeah, skip Pete, 
I think his name, the running backs coach, has familiarity with. Yeah, you had a good tidbit on Skip Pete, the running back coach. What is his tie with new offensive coordinator Liam Cohen? I know you had a tidbit on that. Yeah, I um I noticed from a tweet from Greg Allman that they coached together with the Rams in 2019. I believe that's when they had their Super Bowl run against the Patriots, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe the year before. But the point is that you know they have experience. No, that was their that was their. They made it against New England in 2018, but still, you know, he still had a good year in 2019. Exactly. And plus, you know, um, Liam Combs going to have familiarity with some of these college prospects coming out to the draft where he can help, you know, help Todd Bowles and Jason Lyon pick out some, you know, some studs. Because obviously we're going to have to hit another home run in the draft again to compete. Because free agent money, we don't know how it's going to look, you know, depending on who we resign, who comes back, which I think they all will come back. But at the end of the day, Liam Cohen was the perfect choice. Um, you know, shout out to the front office, Jason Lyon Bowles, for processing this and getting the guy they feel that, that fits best with this coaching staff. You know, and hey, buckle up, man. Now we just got to get some assistance in there. Yeah, as Pepin Steppen says, Toronto is crazy this weekend with all-star festivities. Yeah, I wish Kucherov could have done a little more yesterday with his opportunity, but still fun to watch him skating around out there down in, or up in Toronto, I should say. Crazy place up there, especially for NHL All-Star Weekend. My guess is that Mike leaves. I don't think so. I think that we lock him up and retain him uh, before he's able to leave. There's no indications that he's going to leave. There's no signs pointing to that he's going to leave. Nothing of that nature. Like my shirt says, pay Mike. Um, I think the deal is 90 to 95% certain that he'll be back in Tampa Bay, barring something tragic or emergency-wise. Mike Evans is not going anywhere, my friend. And uh, we talked about that on last week's show. We had a source tell us there was a – 90% chance that Mike Evans is back, so uh, feel very good about that one. And Christopher Cole says, I hope he brings his O-line coach from Kentucky with him. I agree, Christopher, and I put this out on Twitter yesterday at 7.25 in the morning, 7.25 a.m. I said, one of my dream staff scenarios would be Liam Quinn as the offensive coordinator. Tad Lewis, as J-Lo mentioned, staying as a quarterback's coach. I think that's incredible and it would help keep that Baker continuity as well. Jake Peets is a wide receiver coach slash pass game specialist, if he's willing to do as such. Tom Moore, offensive consultant, he already re-signed as well. We'll get into that, but Tom Moore is back for another great season. We love that guy here. We're Tom Moore truthers, so that's great stuff. If we could keep John Van Dam a tight end coach, that'd be incredible, although he is getting interviews for Bengals quarterback's coaching job, according to Greg Allman, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll hope that uh, he stays in Tampa, but he's getting looks elsewhere. And then I named this, and a lot of people like you, Christopher, are suddenly calling for it. Zach Yenzer, offensive line coach. J-Lo, this is a guy who spent time with San Fran as an assistant O-lines coach. He had a lot of tenures in college football, a lot of good ones as O-line coach. Ultimately, Kentucky brought him in. Kentucky had a longtime offensive line coach who passed away in 2020. How did they fill his shoes? He was there 15 to 20 years. They brought in Zach Yenzer. And a lot of people are actually saying, oh, Yenzer was fired this year. He wasn't. That wasn't quite the case. It was an odd scenario. 
where Yenzer got a contract extension. But then, as we all know, Nick Saban made the shocking announcement that he was retiring. And we all know Nick Saban has an all-star staff. Um, Alabama is familiar with Kentucky as they're both in the SEC, J-Lo. And you can't blame him, right? It's like they took the chance to try and upgrade Kentucky did. Um, and Yenzer was kind of just the odd man out. He didn't really do a bad job as last year. They had really all new offensive linemen year before they had several drafted. So I think Yenzer's a very appealing candidate, J-Lo. And he's more than out there as uh, he was terminated his contract extension by Kentucky. I think that's a name to watch closely. Yes. And plus, when I watched the Kentucky highlights on offense, the old line did a pretty damn good job opening opening up running lanes for that running back. You know, they ran the ball really well, surprisingly, from what I noticed. So that's something you got to look at. When you get your offensive linemen that can form opening runs, which where Todd Bowles wants to run the ball. So I think he would fit perfect down here and be the running backs coordinator as well. I would love to make him that position as well. If you got a guy who can run the ball really well against – top dogs in the SEC that go to the pros, then yes, bring him in. I think that's a strong possibility. Yeah, and we're going to get into Cohen's background info and so much more as we did happen to lose our own stunner. Hopefully he joins us back, but if not, um, it's been real. But uh, we're going to get into some of his background, Liam Cohen, and so much more as we're joined by a lot of people here on Facebook this morning, which is incredible. David Castle, Ed Rabasa, my gentleman over there. We appreciate you guys joining us on Facebook. It's a beautiful thing when we get all views from any platform. So we very much so do appreciate that. But real quick, we're going to dive into Liam Cohen's background and history here a little bit, J-Lo, and then... Uh, we're going to get into what you might have seen from him last night that you liked. I know both of us kind of went into breaking down Liam Cohen yesterday. I watch a lot of his interviews. I watch a lot of his content being the offensive coordinator at the Rams. I was watching videos of him trying to get an idea to pick his brain about his Rams tenure, all that sort of stuff. So Liam Cohen, only 38 years old, J-Lo, very young, very young football mind out there. And he's not new to the offensive coordinator world. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But throughout the search, we were consistent with one thing, J-Lo, or pretty consistent, not for the most part, or not for the entirety of it, but for the most part, we were really consistent with one thing. Offensive coordinator search consisted of a lot of former NFL quarterbacks, It's or not NFL, former professional quarterbacks at some point along their journey. Well, Liam Cohen seems to fit that bill because he was a longtime quarterback at UMass. And, um, yeah, as Pops said, guy was with the Niners for three years as well. Yeah, we discussed that last night, Pops. We uh, were talking about Yenzer last night. So, yeah, we discussed that last night. But, yes, um, Liam Cohen, offensive or uh, quarterback at UMass. And he was actually number 12 for Tom Brady because he looked up to Tom Brady. So, ironically enough, Cohen being seven, eight years younger than Tom Brady wore the number 12 to idolize Tom Brady. Ironic, right? We get a guy who is such a big Brady fan, he wore the number 12 at UMass. Another fun fact about Liam Cohen in his time at UMass, 
he dormed and roomated with Victor Cruz. And we all Salsa remember King. Victor Cruz. Yeah, the Salsa King, right? He was the man with the plan, and he played an integral part of the Giants' Super Bowl run, um, you know, when they beat New England that last time in the Super Bowl. So very cool little bit of info there on Liam Cohen. And then he eventually did play professional football, not in the NFL, but he went to the Arena Football League as the Alabama Vipers quarterback, J-Lo, for the year of 2010. So that is cool. He did play professional ball, just not in the NFL. At the conclusion of his season with the Vipers, that's where his coaching journey began. Brown offered him a quarterback's coach job in 2010. Very smart university, very good people surrounding that program. He heads to Brown for 2010. Right away, makes his impact felt. Gets promoted in 2011 at another university. Rhode Island says, hey, we like what you saw there. Come here, be our quarterback's coach and our passing game coordinator. So in 2011, he makes the jump to Rhode Island is their passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. That's where it gets interesting because he has a history of going back and forth with places. And I heard this last night on a podcast, and some people were like, why did he go back to Brown in 2012? Well, Brown offered to increase his pay over what Rhode Island was paying him just to come back and be their quarterbacks coach. Who, who wouldn't do that? You get more money, you know. Why not? So he went back to Brown. He was their quarterback's coach on a pay raise in 2012 and 2013. And let's remember, Brown is Division I. Rhode Island is not. That probably had something to do with it as well. Then in 2014, he goes to his alma mater, J-Lo, UMass. And again, that's another promotion is UMass is bowl eligible. He was their passing game coordinator and quarterback's coach at UMass from 2014 to 15. And that's where really he started moving up the chain and his hierarchy really started in the coach and ranks in the year following he went to Maine to become their offensive coordinator in 16 and 17. And then that's where he caught the eyes of Sean McVay, good friend of Liam Cohen's, obviously a great thing to be friends with Sean McVay is lucky. Lucy is waving. Hello. Hello, lucky Lucy. Thanks for joining us. But he was the main offensive coordinator in 16 and 17, and then that's where he caught the eyes of the wonderful genius Sean McVay, went to the Rams. He was their assistant wide receiver coach, kind of like Canales was when he started in Seattle, right? He was their assistant wide receiver guy in Seattle, Dave Canales was, and kind of funny how Liam Cohen was with the Rams as well. Then the Rams promoted him in 2020 to assistant quarterbacks coach. That's uh, the year that the Rams were up and up, And then, obviously, the next year they won it, but not that year. Kentucky, like what they saw there, hired him in 2021 as their offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Rams then hired him as their offensive coordinator in 2022, although he didn't get to call plays initially. We'll get into more of his play calling background here in a little bit, J-Lo, but initially didn't get to call plays in 2022. Ultimately went back to Kentucky in 2023 once again. Same role, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. And now he finds himself in Tampa Bay. J-Lo, before I bring you in here, I just do want to point out something that elevates his experience over Canales. A, he is play calling at Kentucky, as he called plays there in 2021 
in 2023. Also, he called plays at Maine in 2016 and 2017. So he has a lot of history of calling plays. Maine, Kentucky, and what a lot of people don't know, J-Lo, but the great Scott Reynolds from Pewter Report, uh, great guy, great program over there. Go sure to check out Pewter Report. On the Pewter Report podcast last night, Scott Reynolds pointed out that at the end of 2022 season, when the Rams got Baker Mayfield and J-Lo, remember all that uncertainty surrounding Sean McVay? Is he going to retire? Is he going to come back? A lot of their uns- assistants became uneasy too. Well, Sean McVay actually gave up play calling duty to Liam Cohen for weeks 13 through 17. And two significant games, Liam Cohen had Baker Mayfield on two days rest come into his quarterback Thursday, get a victory, and a couple weeks later, Baker Mayfield and Liam Cohen hung 51 points on a very stout Broncos defense that year. So, J-Lo, Liam Cohen not only has college play-calling experience at both Maine and Kentucky, but fun fact he actually does have play calling experience with Baker Mayfield by his side for about four to five weeks in the 2022 NFL season. No, without a doubt. Like I said, he's got a hell of a resume. The man's been everywhere, built his resume up, and I'm telling you, he's a, he's going to be good here. I'm telling you, he might be even better. Might be even better, you know, especially when it comes to running the football because also Adam Salon from Peter Report talked to running running back um Keon Williams and he said some nice things about Liam Cohen. And, and he had he, a great year, Kyron Williams, right? He he did. Pro Bowl. He's there for a reason. Exactly. So you know you, you gotta give the man, you know, his flowers. The man deserves it. You know, might be a head coaching candidate next year. Who knows? But we're not gonna get far ahead of ourselves here. But no, no, no. Let's I, let's I, reel I, it in I, a little bit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's how hyped I am. I mean, I like this guy. This no, guy I agree. I, I no, I mean, and you make a great point, J Lo, because that's a vicious cycle. We talked about it before as well, right? You have a defense or special teams head coach. You hire a young, vibrant offense of mine, and that could happen. But to your point yesterday, you were texting me. And to Pops's point, which he texted in about the San Fran former offensive line coach uh, that we like a lot as well, if you surround yourself with good people, say we do bring in the um, Kentucky O-line coach who a lot of us are claiming at the bit for, say we do retain Tad Lewis, say we do bring back a Van Dam, all that type of stuff, well then if you do lose a Liam Cohen, you could maybe promote one of these guys and keep that continuity going, right? With these, you got you got a guy like Tom Moore, a veteran brain, and then say, like Pop said, you bring in the San Fran guy, Zach Yenzer, which we both like as well. Um, you, you bring in Jake Peets potentially, or you keep Tad Lewis, or you keep John Van Dam. All those guys that I just mentioned, J-Lo, Yenzer, Van Dam, Jake Peets, Tad Lewis, would have the ability to be a comfortable replacement for Liam Cohen if Cohen were to get poached next year. Yes, <clears throat> that would be a big thing. And you got to give Bowles his props. I mean, he's putting together the coaching staff that he truly wants out with Arian's staff on with the new. It's time to let Bowles build his coaching staff and let his office coordinator put together his assistance that's going to help make this offense just just as better, good or even better than last season. You know, hopefully that doesn't happen, but it's always good to have a backup plan like a Jake Peets, who I think is another upcoming 
future play caller, and it would be good to bring him in. And Thad Lewis, too. You know, nothing to take away from Thad Lewis, but obviously he's not ready. If he was, then Bowles He would have got promoted if he was, right? Right right away. I mean, he got a couple interviews in, and this is an offensive coordinator changing league lately. Do you see how many offensive coordinator positions have been open between this offseason and last offseason? I mean... I mean, the coaching tree is getting younger. That's what I feel. And you add these young these young bucks in there to the coaching staff. And Jay Peets, I feel like, would be a good candidate for next year, the office coordinator, whether he stay, whether he comes here or he stays in L.A. I mean, either way, he's got a – either way, he's going to get a promotion because the Rams are going to either promote him to QB coach or receivers coach, whatever they want to do with him, or he can come here, work with Liam Cohen, and build and get his own, you know, coaching, you know, tree going on there. But um, I'm excited for that. You know, whoever he brings in, you know, I know a lot of people are still a little worried about everybody leaving. Nobody wants to coach with bowls. Not true, people. Not true. Contracts were up, and it was up to them ultimately what they wanted to do. And Bowles is the type of guy who really doesn't want to fire anybody except for Byron because that, that was a long time coming. But anyway. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do to save your job. Is uh, David Ferrara, the great realtor, is joining us on Facebook as well. But, J-Lo, we saw it before, right? Todd Bowles did it with mm-hmm. Byron. And Dan Campbell did it a couple years back. Remember the Lions were off to that disastrous start with Dan Campbell? Well, mm-hmm. he brought in his friends. He had to make a lot of changes after a year and realize, mm-hmm. hey, maybe that's not the right way to go. Not that Bulls hired, um, not that Bulls hired uh, Byron Leftwich, Bruce Arians did, but at the end of the day, Todd Bowles said, "Hey, man, I know we're buddies, but I got to move on from you," and he did that with Dave Canales, and uh, he got better. So that's a good point, Jay. Though, yeah, I mean. You know, you got to let Bowles put his staff in there. Let him bring the guys he wants to bring in. And you never know what could happen. I mean, maybe he'll bring in another all, all-star all staff like he did last season. You know, Canales, you know, he was good, but he was not an elite to me. You know, but he was good enough to help us get to the playoffs and get a divisional and get us to the division playoffs and almost won it. But that's the pass. We're moving on from that. Now we got a new office coordinator who I think will do a little bit better than Canales and familiarity with Baker Mayfield. And if you make Baker happy, then that, then here comes Mike Evans, who I know likes playing with Baker. So it's going to be fun off season. And I really don't think we're going to lose anybody. I think we're going to keep most of our guys, <clears throat> maybe upgrade the safety position, maybe upgrade a guard or center position through free agency in the draft. But that's another talk. It's all about Liam Cohen, and I think we're in great position to be contenders again. Someone tried sliding our Young Bucks comment. Young Bucks, that's a very common saying. Uh, I'm not sure, but yeah, they were like, oh, Young Bucks, that could be perceived as something. What? Young Bucks is the name of a wrestling tag team. You know, it's a reference to this Bucks team. We're Young oh. Bucks. Come on, get out of here with that nonsense. I know. It's 2024. You got a lot of these knuckleheads that try and start and swirl up stuff we're not going to tolerate you so we will uh remove your comments and we'll remove your presence right away if you try and start with that stupid nonsense the term young bucks very popular saying nothing wrong with it leroy williams is it official yet leroy yes it became official this morning greg allman did report it 
within the past hour, I believe. So um, we're waiting on contract details to come out. If those do emerge, we will be on those right away and get them to you. But it is official. Yesterday, it was a little premature, although reports were we were zeroing in on Liam Cohen. We were targeting Liam Cohen. Wasn't official until this morning that we officially struck with Liam Cohen. And J-Lo, if I had to guess, you know, I think Bowles has three years left on his contract. I'd probably say we give him a three-year deal maybe to line up with the finality of Bowles' tenure. What say you on that? And Leroy says, great signing. I agree, Leroy. And two things could happen as well, J-Lo. A, we either have a miraculous run, we win the Super Bowl, Todd Bowles retires, and boom, we have an in-house candidate ready to get that in-house promotion. If all goes that well, right, Liam Cohen would be chomping at the bit at only 38 years old. Or B, say the Bucks stumble the next year or two, God forbid, I don't plan on that happening, but say for some reason it does, but our offense excels, but Bowles doesn't. At least we have another candidate in-house as well. So the only real way I see this backfiring is if we don't get Baker and, you know, we don't get another solid quarterback in right away, and it might take a couple years of aches and pains of growing with a lesser QB value than Baker. You know, J-Lo, but all signs point to Baker coming back at this point. Him and Liam Cohen kind of tag team in this thing for at least a year or two and really trying to get that offense from a good place it was last season to a great place here in the short future. No, agreed. Like I said, it's all about Baker. Baker wants to be here. He made that known that he would love to be back. And he's just become a great leader in the locker room to the players. So, like I said, it's all about, you know, bringing in familiarity and continuity for, for um, Baker Mayfield. And I, don't, I just don't see him going anywhere. Like I said, I think he'll get a legit good offer. So, you know, these spectators or PFF, whatever, saying he's going to get that like $40 million. No. I think I could see him get maybe 30 to 35 tops just to create some room for Mike Evans to resign, you know, and do some switch ruse with some of the other contracts and stuff like that, like extensions, restructure, and all that stuff. I mean, that's, I mean I'm telling you, I trust this front office that they'll get it done. They'd done it before, bringing everybody back, and I see, I see him doing it again. And Leroy says, watch Kentucky offense. He gets everyone involved. That's good for Godwin and Palmer. You watched a little bit last night as well, I believe, J-Lo. Uh, what caught your eyes? And um, there is a potential running back in the draft who made a lot of great plays last year, making some really good plays this week at the Senior Bowl, who did real well under Cohen. So kind of thoughts on him getting everyone involved a little bit, J-Lo, based on what you saw briefly last night or your knowledge of Cohen? Well, he likes to run the ball. That's what Kentucky was really highlighted on last this past season, is that they love to run the ball. And the way the linemen open up holes for him to get a big, you know, get a big run, I think that's what I like about the most of him. Like, yeah, he, he is very pass happy, but he definitely does create plays to run the ball. And that's where I think he's going to help improve our offense and getting either Rashad White or drafting that young that young kid from um Kentucky who I think is going to be a stud. And plus, I mean, th- I mean, there's other good prospects running backs that can fit the bill. We don't have to go out and go get a Shaquan Barkley or Austin Eckler or anything like that. Just go draft one. You know, draft a running back. There's so much talent 
in the draft when it comes to running backs. And I really think that's what's that's why that's uh, that's what he's gonna surprise a lot of people with is run the ball more with some more play action. That's what I'm thinking out of Liam Cohen from what I watched through the Kentucky highlights. Yeah, and play action is going to get one real great thing. And Dr. Plus, our friend at Real Bucks Talk, and Joshua Kapo of Pewter Report, another friend of the programs, both of those guys who break down a lot of film and whatnot said his play action upside is fantastic as well, JLo. So could you imagine if we get Rashad White back there doing some slicing and dicing of play action? You got guys like Trey Palmer. Chris Godwin, as Leroy alluded to, of course, we're going to be bringing Evans back. We'll have Kate Otten. Play action could be a beautiful thing, especially with this offensive line progression that we've seen last year. Tristan Werbs did not miss a beat at left tackle after moving over from right tackle. I really think Liam Cohen could have some fun with this offense. If we get the band back together player-wise, I don't think this offense is going to stay the same or do worse. I think it's only going to get better, if anything, and uh, I think Liam Cohen's creativity could be behind that because J-Lo, as much as I love Canales, as much as we all love Canales, he hit a wall at times. Uh, half the season, if not more than half the season, our running game was terrible. And uh, he lacked, although Godwin, because Godwin is a fantastic wide receiver, future Bucks Ring of Honor member, Super Bowl champ, because he's so good, he got himself to 1,000 yards, but it's not like the scheming around Godwin helped him get to 1,000 yards. So uh, a couple things there, J-Lo. I think Canales may have hindered us at spots, and not to knock on the guy. He did a great job here last year. It was his first year calling plays. I will give credit to him. But, you know, with Cohen's um, experience at Maine, at Kentucky, and at the Rams level, hard not to like it. As Sean says, Baker really showed how accurate he could be at the Pro Bowl. In multiple ways, right? On Thursday night in that mini game, which, by the way, it's uh, being replayed on NFL Network as we speak, the Pro Bowl mini games. I call them mini games because they remind me of Madden mini games. But J-Lo, Thursday night, NFC versus AFC quarterbacks in the accuracy passing competition. Baker Mayfield ended up outdoing uh, fellow quarterback C.J. Stroud in the accuracy battle. And I know it's only the Pro Bowl, but that's uh, – purely just good stuff as it's an accuracy battle. They're two good quarterbacks slinging the ball around, and I know it's an exhibition, but you'll take that accuracy all day of the week. And on top of that, J-Lo, another reason with how accurate Baker's been is in his press conferences, you could tell he's accurate at wanting to come back to the Bay. He's referencing we. He's, um, you know, talking up Liam Cohen so greatly. Last night on his Instagram, he said nothing but love for my teammates, coaches, and the crew. All signs point to Baker being back, J-Lo, so accuracy on and off the field at the Pro Bowl for Baker Mayfield. I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't think Jason Lyon has been contacting Baker here and there before you can't talk to him no more and telling him, hey, you know, tell me about this coach. How you feel about this coach? You know they've been texting each other. You know Baker wants to get this deal done so he's, you know, situated – to where he goes I mean like I said it's all about Baker and Baker's gained so much confidence which is good he's looking like the Oklahoma Baker the way he's confident his throws he's all about his guys I mean I mean like I said the sky's the limit for him right now and yeah you know there's gonna be some teams that are gonna try to poach him and do whatever they can to get him but I just don't see him leaving you know he's he's felt very loved down here and like I said we got a great front office 
and we got a pretty damn good coach who's pretty like, you know, straight and narrow, just straightforward. You know, he's not like some of the other coaches that make you feel uncomfortable and stuff like that. Yeah, and I agree, J-Lo. And then we got Leroy saying Davis running back from Kentucky moving up on the draft boards. I've seen a lot of great stuff from him at the Senior Bowl. How high do you think he'll end up going? I can see him being a third, a third-round steal for sure, you know. But except he'll be a better third-round pick than um, that guy we drafted years ago, who was it, Keyshawn Vaughn. But anyway, Davis is definitely coming boards. I see I see a third round for him for sure because there are a couple other good running backs I've noticed in the, in the draft. But I could be wrong. I mean, he could go higher. I mean, this is this is the fun part about the draft. You don't know who they're going to really draft from the second from round two to round seven. You know, like no one really expect Cody Mock to get for us to trade up and we get Cody Mock. You know, the toothless wonder, even though he is really interesting. But um, I'll take Davis in the third round easily. You get a guy to pair up with Rashad White, who I think is ten times better than some than some of our other running back group. And plus, you know, if Evans comes back, then, you know, I don't know what's going to happen there. But if he doesn't, then you got this guy, Davis from Kentucky, who I think can run the ball. And Liam Cohen knows him. He'll know how to use him. Yeah, and he made some fantastic one-handed grabs and at the senior bowl practices throughout the week. And a lot of the Pewter Report crew were there to cover him. And it looks like he's emerging well on draft boards, and let's hope the Bucks can draft him. But, J-Lo, I don't want to draft the running back too high at the same time. So if his stock gets too out of hand, you know, we'll see how that goes. But I'm thinking anything round three or later, I would like him. Round two, you think that'd be a bit of a stretch for him? Yes. I think there's other positions we need to focus on with the first couple of rounds, like center, guard, safety linebacker because we know Devin White's not coming back so you're going to make some strong decisions I mean I think KJ Britt will be fine pairing him up with Levante David but all depends I mean I just think taking a running back like you said that high is a stretch because there's more important positions we need to draft because I really do think we need to upgrade at the center guard position for sure yeah, I think so as well. Interior offense alignment has to be the focal point. And all you need to do is bring – if you bring in a center, you can maybe move Hainsey to left guard, right? But if you bring in a left guard, it'll be interesting to see what we do at the center position, J-Lo, and what Liam Cohen or what Yester would possibly do. If we don't happen to get the Kentucky O-line coach, where do you hope we go on that front? Do you think Jensen retiring as a possibility to go in there? I would love to have Jensen, you know, definitely as an assistant offensive line coach to kind of, you know, develop his game and coaching. Not that, I'm saying he's a, not, that, not that I'm saying he's not good, but we don't know. But I think he's going to spend a year with the family, you know. Happy retirement to Ryan Jensen, by the way. Thank you for what you did for the organization. You will be missed. It sucks that this injury really pretty much ended your career, but you were fun to watch. I love your leadership and and it won't be it'll be hard to replace you, bro. It'll be hard to find a guy like you in the grit. And hopefully I'm hoping we get a dog at center in the draft. There are a couple of them in there. Who would you go for? Frazier, JPJ? I'll take any of them. You know, I think JPJ is the top of the list. You know, he's definitely a dog. And I think he and it wouldn't surprise me because Plus put this out there on his show on Robux Talk, 
you know, he wouldn't mind us taking him at 26, and I wouldn't be mad either. Because then you got a legit center for, to me, it could be elite for the next three, four years before we have to give him a bit of contract. And then you move Hainsey to left guard, who I think that's where he's most suited at. You know, because Hainsey, he struggled last year at center. And, you know, sometimes you need to, you know, go to guard. That's where he was supposed to be in the first place. He was supposed to compete for the guard position at left guard. But Jensen went down, so they had to go Robert Hainsey, who's been working at center. I mean, look at Ali Marpet. He he went he moved to center in what 2017, and he didn't do so well. He had his worst year, so he went back to the guard position where he belongs, and he became a stud, a Pro Bowler. So I think center will be the one we draft, whether it's him, Frazier, or even the kid from Florida, Kingsley. You know, I've watched him a little bit. He's got a little injury problem. That's his only issue. But he can be a really good center, a little bit of an upgrade to Hainsey. I, you know what? I know, like, if we did get a center, I know he might not be as hyped or loved. But, man, big Bucks fan, Zach Johnson, Bucks by 30 on Twitter. Many of you know him as. His nephew is West Virginia center Frazier, Zach Frazier. So that'd be incredible J-Lo, if we somehow ended up with him, I know, you know, he's not a lot of people's top choice, but he will be one of the top centers taken. Um, That'd be cool, man, to, you know, have that connection be a thing. Leroy says Michigan center is a beast. Do you know much of either of those cats? Michigan, not so well, but but Frazier I know a little bit of. He could be a second or third round choice, so that would be the backup plan if we wouldn't, if we would miss out on the Oregon center, who is my, my favorite one out of the group, you know, because there's, there's a bunch of spots you got to go in the draft. You know, we got to get an edge, like a true edge rusher, because Yaya's great, but he needs a running buddy on the other side because Joe Tronsianka is pretty much solidified as a role player than a starter. Um, You got to go, go, we got to go safety. I'm hoping and praying, man, if, if, if people are listening right now, give me Jordan Whitehead back, man. If he's a free agent, if he hits the free agent, bring him back, put him with, Anton Winfield Jr., some familiar, some familiarity, you know. It just depends. I mean, we gotta see how this coaching staff lines up, but I definitely feel that we need a we need a true center, for sure. We 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 got we gotta get this line better. That way we can protect Baker. Cause let me tell you, he's a tough son of a bitch, man. He took some rough hits. You know, he, he scrambled a lot battle little you know injuries and stuff like that and you cannot afford to lose baker you lose baker you know it's going to be a difficult season and let's say this robert Ainsley was a makeshift center as well uh we had to make most of him and it'll be interesting our o-line coach will be big j-lo it mm-hmm. will be big and that's why i like his buddy from kentucky because he has that experience with that big bad san fran o-line that's always been so dangerous and with the big blue wall at kentucky that's what they've always been known for the big blue wall as the offensive line christopher says light knows how to draft a lineman alex kappa that was an incredible pick a lot of people forget ali marpet as you mentioned j-lo a lot of and cody mock he played every single snap this past season every single one look look Luke Odecki as well, and Robert Hainsey. I like the Hainsey effect, too. Oh, yeah, no, Robert Hainsey, you know, I think he's a good utility lineman, but I think his best spot is at guard. You know, that's where I think 
he'll thrive at. And that's why I wouldn't mind drafting a center and moving Handy back to left guard because that's where he was supposed to compete for, and I'm excited to see what he can do. And Sean says letting Whitehead and Edwards go was a mistake. I don't think so, really. Um, as I've said before on the pod, you can only afford the band to come back together so much, Sean. Um, it was not a mistake. Edwards barely got paid out there in free agency. He was not a hot commodity. He didn't even play. Uh, you know, he played right around half the snaps in KC this year. So it's not like he was like that huge of a difference maker. And it wasn't like Mike Edwards is sought after. Don't get me wrong. I appreciated Mike Edwards here. I enjoyed his time here. I liked Edwards as a player, but let's not fool ourselves and act like letting him go was the worst thing in the world because uh, it really wasn't to me. And then Whitehead, you know, he's a nice player and he's a great grit guy, but again, we just couldn't afford to pay him. He was the odd man out at that point in time. We just won the Super Bowl and every single person was a free agent coming back to the team. Remember that we had to pay Rob Gronkowski. We had to pay Chris Godwin. We had to pay Antonio Brown. We had all these guys to pay. Carlton Davis, you know, all of these guys to pay. Um, Jordan Whitehead just happened to be the odd man out. As with Sean Murphy bunting, those sort of things happen sometimes, sadly. And I know we didn't really necessarily recover with the safety position, but at least the Bucks front office has been trying, right? Last year, Logan Ryan. This year, Ryan Neal. I really think, J-Lo, we eventually see um, maybe this year a safety drafted or a pretty good free agent come in as a safety. But that's just one of those things. There's nothing you could really do. Oh, and by the way, what? Did you want to pay Whitehead or Edwards pretty good money and now you can't afford to re-sign Antoine Winfield Jr. when he's a free agent because he gave you know, too much money to Whitehead or Edwards? There's a lot of semantics behind how the payroll works, Sean. And I agree that Whitehead and Edwards have done nicely in the in their two spots and they've had success, but I think saying was a mistake is a um, bit of a mistake, no pun intended, Jayla. What say you? Yeah, it's a little strong word, mistake. It's a business. You know, Jordan Whitehead, you know, obviously gonna be a free agent again. It's not like he lit up, you know, the jet. You know, it's not like he blew up with the Jets. You know, he had some great plays. I think he had three interceptions in one game this past season. You know, but now that he's a free agent again, maybe they might make a move and bring him back. Familiarity, and you pair him up with Antoine Winfield Jr., and he's a hard-hitting safety. But it just depends. I mean, there's safeties in the draft we can go after. That kid from Miami, I think he's the top dog at safety. I haven't watched too much tape on him yet. Um, also this dude named Tampa, last name's Tampa from, um, Iowa state, mm. another guy to look at. I mean, the irony think, hometown reunion, perhaps. <laughs> I mean, that, that'd be pretty dope. If you ask me, I like the, I like the dudes with the weird names. It's so funny. I love it. But at the same time, you know, it just depends who we bring back free agency. Yeah. Yeah. We got to pay Winfield. He's going to get paid. Trust me. He almost like to be franchise tad. Yeah, I think he has a tag written all over him this year as well. Yeah, you, you tag him. Then you try and extend him like a Godwin thing. Yeah, you know, you never know. Maybe he might surprise us and we end up resigning him for a big contract like Vita Vea. We, we resigned him pretty quickly before we even had a chance to even play on the fifth-year option. But my thing is this. We gave yeah. Godwin the franchise tag, and then a month later we did extend Godwin. So yes. maybe we'll extend Winfield after we franchise him but of course yeah you got to pay winfield but 
Don't say you can't pay two safeties because Jason Light and Mike Greenberg have done a nice job at finding bargain bin pieces. We're not saying you're going to overpay for a safety, but that's why we couldn't keep guys like Whitehead and Edwards around because they are a couple million, two to six million a year. Um, if the Bucks bring in a safety, it's going to be a cheap vet well under that two million a year mark. Or you might see them try and put McCollum out there a little bit more as well, J-Lo, as Zion McCollum has had a little bit of success out there. But let's not forget we are celebrating or chit-chatting about the great Liam Cohen hiring as offensive coordinator. And, um, you know, another guy who pops into mind is a potential guy to join the staff. And, well, first we got to give the appreciation and uh, foremost, we mentioned it a little bit, but Ryan Jensen, J-Lo, great Bucks career. We haven't really served him as props yet, but he came here back in 2018, really a pioneer of this Bucks team, you know, started his career with the Ravens, um, was a pioneer for Baltimore, came to Tampa, helped bring the grit to the Bay, helped change the culture in the Bay. Uh, we thank Ryan for all he's done, the baby powder bandit with Tom Brady, getting his bloody ass with all that baby powder. Uh, just great stuff from the great Ryan Jensen, J-Lo. Oh, yeah. No, I remember when we signed him in 18, he he ended up visiting the Colts, and the Colts offered him a little bit more money, but he decided to stick where his commitment was to Tampa. So shout out to that because look what happened. He ended up winning a Super Bowl and got to play with the greatest quarterback in history. He made his only Pro Bowl as well. And his only Pro Bowl. He could have made more. You know, that the injury was just so bad. You know, I was really rooting for him to get back on there. You know, to get back in there. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, injuries happen at the worst time. But, hey, he got the bad, though. He got paid. That's what matter. You know, we paid a guy, you know, that needed to be paid. You know, and, and now he's retired. Hopefully he'll be in great health and all that, you know, to watch his family grow. And maybe one day be an old lines coach. You know, you never know. It, dep- it all depends what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And I And I think right now, I think he wants to take a year off. We heard from a source. We heard from a source. He might be going into business with another former Bucks player as well. So there's that aspect of things. Yeah, I mean, it just depends. At the end of the day, you know, he he was an amazing player, and I heard he was an amazing person. I never had the pleasure of meeting him, but I've heard great things about him off the field, for the most part. But you know, congrats, congrats, you know, to a very hard, you know, work career. And Leroy says, you think we keep Carlton Davis? I like the McCollum to safety. Well, if we move McCollum to safety, we're definitely keeping both Carlton and Jamel Dean because then you'd have the same hole at cornerback and it'd be a vice versa story. But, yeah, to me, if anyone – and I don't think we lose either Dean or Davis, but if we lose one of the two, it would be Jamel Dean because Carlton Davis only has one year left on his contract and his money comes off the books for the Buccaneers after this season. So, you, you know, Jamel Dean, A, they're getting paid very similar. B, Carlton's production has been way more superior. And C, um, you know, if you really want to get these guys off the books, would you rather keep the guy who's still on the books for two years or one years? Yeah, you'd have to keep some dead cap around with Jamel Dean. But I think those are overfluffed rumors. I don't think either of these guys are going anywhere. Todd Bolts is a defensive-minded head coach. Why would a defensive-minded head coach – cut one of his two restarting cornerbacks. I think it's much more likely, J-Lo, that maybe a restructure 
or an extend with void years, something along those lines mm-hmm. would be more po- probable. I don't see us losing Davis or Dean. I know they each get banged up a lot, but damn it, when they're both on the field together, some real good things happen on this defense. Yes, absolutely. Unfortunately for Dean and Davis, they bowed through injuries over the years. You know, shout out to Wade McAllister. Thank you for watching my friend. He's a good buddy of mine. Wait, um, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> but um, anyway, but yeah, I don't see us cutting ties with any of our corners. You want to keep the same continuity on defense. You know, if you let one of them go, then Anton Winfield Jr. might have second thoughts. You know, it just depends. You want to keep these group of guys together, especially mm-hmm. starting with Levante David, who's still playing at a high level, and I don't think he's going to be retiring. There's rumors going out there that he may hang him up. I don't see it happening. I think he's going to at least give it another year to try to develop one of these young linebackers behind him. Wait, we have breaking news. Uh-oh. What's the breaking news? Out of Las Vegas, Cliff Kingsbury has decided to back out of the Oakland Raiders job, and that could be bad news for the Bucks losing Tad Lewis. It could be, but also the Raiders were talking with Chip Kelly as well. Chip, Chip Kelly interviewed with the Raiders twice on, on some reports I've been reading on. He could be the guy to take the job. And plus, um, there was another team that I was talking with Chip Kelly um, I can't remember what team it was, but um, but the Raiders did talk to Chip Kelly twice, so I wouldn't just, and I wouldn't just get too excited about that Lewis just yet. But that is kind of an awkward situation. But Cl- Cliff Kingsbury, you know, he has some incitement, but then there's, there's something about the him I just don't like. It just doesn't make sense. Who you Kingsbury? Know? Yeah. Kingsbury. Why do you think that? I don't know just a fallout in Arizona. And then the fallout of Texas Tech. I mean, he's had some pretty rough time. I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but I feel like there were some issues going on in Arizona when it came to mm-hmm. Kyler, Kyler Murray you not taking the game seriously, especially after he got paid. I mean, I mean, like I said, I'm not trying to bring up the past here, but but it doesn't shock me that he backed out, you know, because working for the Raiders, working for, you know, Davis can be not as great. But that's a very interesting factor. Maybe he's going to go somewhere else and take another office coordinator position. Maybe something else came up. Well, you know what? Another interesting thing is, too, and I hope we retain Thad, but another interesting thing for Cliff Kingsbury is, too, he's trying to build back his career, trying to build people back in a little bit. If you go there and you're the third or fourth, because Vegas is building this very experienced staff before we do move on back to Liam Cohen as we do have a draft comment from Leroy, which we appreciate, but we'll talk about that closer to the draft. We got so much time left to do draft talk and mock drafts and all that good stuff. Oh, we can go a good four hours, bro. We'd be like a a TV series, man. Exactly. So I love it, Leroy, and I appreciate your draft comments, but we're going to have plenty of draft content here in the future. This is mainly for Liam Cohen and company, but – um, you know, pa- part of that problem, J-Lo, which it does open the door for Thad Lewis to be a Vegas candidate for their OC gig, maybe Cliff Kingsbury looked at that job and said, wow, I'm going to have a staff with Antonio Pierce as a head coach on it. Marvin Lewis is going to be part of that staff. He was a longtime NFL head coach. It's been rumored that Chip Kelly and or Hugh Jackson might be joining that staff as well. If you have three or four other former NFL head coaches on that staff, 
a lot of blood could boil, a lot of, you know, maybe people aren't even that impressed with Kingsbury then if they have a resurgence because they're like, well, you know, he had Hugh Jackson, Marv Lewis as well. So, you know, there could be multiple factors there, Jay. Well, but it does open the door again for Thad Lewis to maybe get an offensive coordinator position. Oh, yeah. I mean, shall have a doubt. I mean, I'll be happy for him if he were to go to Vegas. But I think, but I think you know, maybe Vegas is leaning more toward Chip Kelly. I don't know. For some reason, he's become a popular name for offensive coordinator for a couple of teams. And maybe Cliff Kingsbury might find something different. Maybe he might go to Seattle to go fill that void over there. Or maybe he'll go to another opening. It just depends. I know the commandos have been rumored. Dan Quinn has had his eye on Chip Kelly potentially. That's, that's the other team, the commanders. So it, it's, it's crazy. All these college head coaches are jumping ship for coordinator positions, which is mind-blowing, but at the same time doesn't surprise me because that NIL deal and some of the things that are changing right now in college football is really maddening. So – but Cleve Kingsbury, I'm pretty sure he's got something lined up that he probably liked better more than the Raiders. It just depends. We'll know more as the days go by. Yeah, we will know more as the days go by. But um, Pewter Report is at the Pro Bowl. want to talk about that briefly before we do some special teams coordinator talk and wrap up with one more Liam Cohen thing. But Adam Silvan, a Pewter Report, is at the Pro Bowl, and he has Scott Van Pelt about Bucks QB Baker May- Mayfield on his thoughts on the Buck season and Scott Van Pelt says, I just dig when a guy kind of gets backed into a corner and comes out swinging. And that describes Baker Mayfield to a T JLo. I think that a lot of people often overlook that. And, you know, Baker Mayfield had a huge chip on his shoulder. And I think that's part of the reason why he's more than ready to get back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. I think that he thinks there's unfinished business to do, and I think that's why Liam Cohen's here as well, is Baker Mayfield ties that bonded him five games as his play caller, his former offensive coordinator, in a very vibrant mind because Liam Cohen is ties with Dave Canales. Is Cohen and Waldron, Shane Waldron, now Bears offensive coordinator, formerly Seattle's offensive coordinator. Liam Cohen and Waldron worked together in the Rams system and they shared a lot of ideas, and Waldron and Dave Canales have a lot of similar concepts. So, J-Lo, thoughts on Mayfield or Scott Van Pelt's comments on Mayfield about coming out swinging, and then not only us, but a lot of people realizing what's happening before our eyes, the Liam Cohen sign, and makes it that much more true, very much a certainty or realistic possibility that Baker Mayfield is going to be in Tampa, not only for last year, this year, but he might be the quarterback of the future. Exactly. No, I mean, he's getting his flowers right now because he really had probably his best career this past season ever in the NFL. And plus, he has two really good receivers, you know, throw the ball to. I mean, pretty much, I mean, he had, you know, Dave Canales made him comfortable, which was really impressive by Dave Canales to make Baker comfortable and just be him and go out there and, and ball. You know, sometimes you know, you're going to go through these dark roads as a as a football NFL athlete, and you're going to have to get back, you know, back on the bike and keep riding. And I think after his experience from Cleveland, how they did him, and then he got traded to Carolina to another dumpster fire organization, you know, with Matt Rule, because he's just not that good of a coach in the pros. And then he got fired, had to do with another interim head coach, didn't work out, got released. 
went to and then got picked up by LA. He got scooped up by LA and he started, you know, building confidence again. He went that Raiders game with no talent. No talent at all playing because everybody was injured. And he went out there and balled out against a playoff contingent team and the Raiders that were playing for a playoff spot. And then that's when he know he has some options. Kind of know the Rams weren't hit that badly because they were like unsure about um, Matthew Stafford. And he chose to come here. It was a no brainer, you know. So, these, you know, he's finally getting recognized. And it's going to be amazing what kind of offers he's going to get from like the Vikings, the Falcons. There's going to be some teams after him. And you know what? Throw the money at him. At the end of the day, sometimes you got to take a little bit of a reasonable contract to free up, to sign up other couple, you know, a couple of your guys back. And I think he loves it down here. I'm really seeing a three-year, multi-year deal type thing, you know, and I'm really thinking 30 to 35 will probably work for him. Because I know some teams are going to offer him 40 for sure to try to pluck him away. But I just don't see him leaving, especially with Cohen coming in, who I think he has a good relationship with at a short period of time. And plus, you know, Todd Bowles is a very likable coach. The players love him down here. They love him, and I feel like that's a bit thing too. And Leroy says, "Hope not for forty million." Mm-mm. And I hope it's not forty million either. I'm really hoping it's more towards the thirty million. But the NFL is changing, landscapes changing. A lot of these guys get a lot more money. I'm hoping Greenberg can figure it out. But the last thing I want this Bucks team to do is go out and get one of offensive coordinators for Baker. And, you know, just because fans want him for 30 to 35 million, you know, I don't want him for that 40 mil. To me, that's too high. But if we have to push the envelope and get there creativity wise, we could do it. I'm sure building some incentives, do some bonus funky stuff. Again, I'm hoping it's a 30 to 35 million range, not near the 40. But at this point, we're pretty much making it clear we're going all in for Baker. And to me, it would be silly to say, Hey, he wants 40. We'll only pay him 35 and not make it work. The last thing I want to do is end up with a Taylor Heineke, Jacoby Brissett, Gardner Minshew of the world and kind of be stuck in that phase of, hey, are we here to win? Are we here to just kind of put a veteran in the book? You know, I mean, we got lucky with Mayfield last year, sure, but let's not remember or let's not forget, rather, Baker took less money to come play in Tampa Bay than where he could have made elsewhere last season. You had a lot of guys, including Jarrett Stidham with the Raiders, making more money than Baker Mayfield. And uh, J-Lo, before we get you in here, John Spitek, high up in the Buccaneers front office, assistant general manager, was on the radio last week with Ronnie and T-Crest. No, I'm sorry, with Buccaneers Total Access and Casey Phillips. And he said part of the reason why they brought Baker in is because at the NFL draft, they'll go through guys, they'll make their notes on him, they'll make their reads on him, and if they like him, they'll file him away in the good pile, and if they ever become free agents or available in trade, they'll dig those files up, see their notes on that guy, and uh, really go after him. So this front office and Todd Bowles really love Baker Mayfield, and I, I just don't think a lot of Bucks fans are understanding that, J-Lo, that not only does Baker love him, not only does Liam Cohen love him, but Jason Light and our front office just absolutely love Baker Mayfield. No, they do. And some fans are jumping the gun a little bit on him, saying he might go for the money. If you watch his interviews recently, 
he seems like he's more motivated to get a long-term deal done or a multi-year done before the free agency even starts, and then he'll be off the board for that. You know, I think that's what he's mainly focused on, to get a deal done and then to get Mike aboard and bring him back. That was just one of his main goals was he made it known that if I come back, Mike's got to come back. So don't be surprised if both Mike and Baker Mayfield get re-signed before the free free agency starts. I'm pretty sure Light, Greeny, Spytek are all working together to try to make that happen, you know, for the most part. I mean, they might let him go explore and all that, but it just seems to me that Baker is trying to get this done right now. Let's go ahead and get this done before the free agency market starts. I want to be here. Let's go ahead and, you know, run it back from last season. Yeah, and I'm thinking so as well. And Dolphins are officially hiring Ravens D-line coach Anthony Weaver as their defensive coordinator as well. That's becoming official. But J-Lo, some people are forgetting as well. Hey, we did find Liam Cohen. Great. That's our guy. We have him as OC. We have Casey Rogers, Larry Foote, co-DCs. We still have a coordinator position open, special teams coordinator, as we had Keith Armstrong retire this year, which could be a blessing, but there is a lot of staff overchange, or could be a lot of staff overchange, so you never know how that quite works out. Thoughts on that position? We haven't really heard any rumors or such yet outside of Greg Allman saying Keith Tandy might be a possible in-house promotion candidate but j-lo every team you have three big roles under the head coach defense offense and special teams coordinator bucks are replacing two out of three this year yeah it is great we got our offensive guy but we haven't found our special teams guy do you think the bucks put that on the back burner until they got their offensive guy and now jason light and co will kind of say all right liam cohen um and todd bowles you guys do the offensive staff fill in while me and Todd look for our special teams coordinator replacement. That's most likely what's going to happen, I feel like. I think they want to get the offensive coordinator position filled. That way Liam can go in there and go pluck whatever he wants out of either Kentucky, L.A., or even other teams to build his offensive staff. And now Bowles and Light can work together on finding a special teams coordinator or promote Keith Tandy, which I wouldn't mind. I will ask this, uh, Rich Passaccia, is his contract up over in Green Bay? No, I think he's still under contract with Green Bay, as far as I know, at least. I haven't heard anything uh, that would um, change. I mean, I miss that guy. I loved him when he was here, special teams coordinator, you know, experienced guy, but, you know, that's off the table since he's not since he's not free to go anywhere. But they'll probably go outside. I haven't looked too much into the special teams coordinator position as much. Can also focus on the offense. But I'm thinking they'll go find somebody Bulls is probably familiar with from the past, you know, maybe from the Jets or something. It just depends. The point is, you know, they got they're getting all of Bruce Arian's staff out of there. It's time to move on. Let Bulls build his coaching staff. Here's a weird not a weird idea, but here's an idea that I had as a possible special teams guy as well. And I'm not sure if he's gonna be retained or not by the Patriots because they do have a new head coach, J-Lo, but we all know sometimes with new head coaches comes the axing. Um, Joe Judge, maybe, uh, from New England. He was a former New York Giants head coach. He was a special teams coordinator, and he does have a lot of experience with the Patriots, so that could be an outside candidate to me. 
No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't knock that at all. You know, I think he would be an expert. You know, had experience special teams. Just and he's head. still only forty-two years old. Oh yeah, I mean, you learn on the fly. I mean, look at Raheem Morris. You know, he got promoted to head coach pretty quickly. Got fired. Took us some years to get you know back back in there as a head coach. But sometimes you you know, I tell you, develop into a great coach. You know, sometimes you got to go through the firings and recover. So I wouldn't mind Joe Judge. I think he'd be a good choice. It just and plus, you know, I think no, nah, Light wouldn't have no ties with him. I'm thinking way too far ahead. But um, I mean, Joe Judge would be a good one. I mean, yeah, Light, Light actually, Light and Joe Judge, I think may have overlapped uh, for one season in New England. Okay. Let me so. let me see. Light was in New England in 2011. No, so Light was in New England his last year. There was 2011. Joe Judge's first year there was 2012. But okay. You know, I, I think I, I'd still try and go with Keith Tandy if that's a possibility. You know, a former Bucks player, very young gentleman. He's been on our coaching staff for a while now, so he's played special teams as well back in his, his day. I think for my in-house candidate, I'd roll with Keith Tandy as my top choice, the Tandy Mancan, the West Virginia College native. Um, he's only 34 years old. But if we do look outside or elsewhere, you mentioned it, Todd Bowles, between the Cardinals and Jets, uh, we'll have a lot of ties out there. And B B Jason Light, between the Patriots and the Cardinals, we'll have good ties out there as well. But I guess right now, J-Lo, my top two choices would be Keith Tandy if we're promoting within. And if we're looking outside, I would go with Joe Judge. No, I agreed. I mean, I'll be right there with you. I just got to do some more research on the special teams coordinator, look and see what's out there. But i say those two are probably my top choice. I mean, I think promote Keith Tandy within, who was a very good special teamer. They're all a good role player. So he would, you know, get definitely get the gunners going and stuff like that. We just got to wait and see what happens. But in the meantime, you know, let's just get our offensive assistants in there and find out who stays and who goes. Yeah, as Leroy says, he doesn't mind any of the assistants that left. And Leroy, if you did miss it, we talked about this a couple days back, J-Lo and I on – the latest show of the program, make sure to go watch a replay on that. We talk about how we don't mind any of them missing as well. And everybody tune in. Be sure to hit the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel or podcast on whatever platform you're watching today, and turn that notification bell on. J-Lo and I do appreciate it. J-Lo, uh, thoughts on the Pro Bowl quick? We're only going to chat about it briefly, but it is Pro Bowl weekend. Thoughts on how it kind of shaped and formed a couple of things. A, uh, way back in the day, they did like mini game types in the real Pro Bowl game. They did away with the mini games for a while. Not then it was just the Pro Bowl. Now it's mainly just all these mini game type things. What's your vibe on it? Kind of lasts the whole weekend today and yesterday with the Senior Bowl practices. Thursday with mini games. Sunday with the main games. Thoughts on Pro Bowl weekend and it's also going head to head with NHL All Star weekend. Yeah, I mean, the Pro Bowl ain't what it used to be. It's just not as fun to watch anymore. I know they're trying to keep it less contact so that way players don't get injured. You know, the whole new mini games and that flag football tournament, I mean, eh. I mean, it gives me something to watch until we wait for the Super Bowl. But it's good to see, you know, some of our guys out there as far as Baker, Tristan Wirfs. You know, Mike would have went, but he was injured, I guess. He backed out of it. Um you know, I mean, I, I'm excited for the Pro Bowl. I mean, you know, I'll watch it, keep me entertained for today. 
possibly when's the flag football game? Is it tomorrow or is it today? The flag football game is tomorrow. Okay. So you know they try to keep it entertaining. And the NHL All Star, I mean, eh, I mean, I really don't watch it too much. I mean, I'm glad to hear Cooch Roth made it for the most part. But the Pro Bowl, you know, it's a good little, you know, good, you know, good, you know, participation, I guess is what I call it. You know, by the same time, the Pro Bowl is just overrated to me. It's not what it used to be back in the day. Cause I remember, you know, when they played the game, that's why I was mostly entertained, watching my guys out there, you know, making play, making stuff notice. But now it's just kind of a less contact. Now it's fun to watch anymore. I mean, I could have went to Orlando if I wanted to, to go watch it. But I just don't really feel like doing that. I feel like I just sit, watch TV, just watch them go out and play. You know, and I miss it when they played it in Hawaii. That was pretty cool. You know, when they took that away, now they're going to Orlando, Vegas. I don't know. It's just not what it used to be when I was a kid watching it. Yeah, remember the Pro Bowl? Well, part of that, Jay, though, is because back in the day was one of those things where the Pro Bowl happened the week after the Super Bowl as well. So you were still able to have some of those Super Bowl guys show up in the Pro Bowl, right? Nowadays, no offense, but last year we've seen the Ravens backup quarterback Tyler Huntley. This year we see the Colts backup quarterback Gardner Minshew. Um, you know, it just doesn't hold the same weight. Although I think they're having fun out there. That catch competition was pretty cool on Thursday where they're in the middle of the ocean jumping off boats or, you know, they play dodgeball or their golf swings. But it, it just lost a little bit of the muster of, hey, these are the guys that are the best of the best in the best sport in the world. I mean, yeah, I mean, like for example, the butt Bowl season in 02. You know, we had like five or six of them at the Pro Bowl watching them ball out and play after they won the Super Bowl. I thought that was more fun watching the Pro Bowl after the Super Bowl. That way, all the players I really did get picked to be in the Pro Bowl were the ones that should be represented. But now you got Tyler Huntley, who they call a Pro Bowler. I'm like, that's funny. Garner Minshew, you know, no disrespect. I mean, he had a pretty good season. But, you know, but to me, it's not, okay, he made the Pro Bowl, but look at your stats. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. I mean, just like, you know, Antoine Winfield Jr. not getting in, they put Buddha Baker in there. We already had this conversation already, and you look at the stats like, what the hell? Why would you put this guy in? To me, he's a jag at this point. No respect to Buddha Baker. He has, he's had a decent career over Anthony Winfrey Jr., who's made playmaking plays. I mean, this man has went off, but the Pro Bowl doesn't recognize that. To me, it's just a participation trophy. You know, like just praise. Like they got to pick some guy from a bad team. And the pit Buddha Baker of all people over Anton Whitfield Jr., which is just nuts to me. And then you see guys then you see guys like Huntley and Garner Minshew in there. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's one of those things where lost muster, but so is every all-star game, so can't really blame the NFL for that, right? The NBA, it's like weird format now and the point totals like two hundred to two hundred. NHL, they don't even play a game anymore. Although I think their skills competition last night was pretty fun. And then MLB, their all-star game used to be for the World Series. So it lost importance there because now it's kind of just an exhibition game. Although I still think MLB probably is the best all-star events with the home run derby, the celebrity softball game. I agree. And then the all-star game itself. That's probably my favorite weekend of, you know, all-star festivities. But 
Last thoughts on the Pro Bowl or All-Star weekends around the world of sports, J-Lo, before we get to our last couple of things? Just some entertainment, I guess. Watch the five football game. We'll see how Baker does. You know, I guess I'm looking forward to seeing Baker kind of slinging it, you know, not taking any hits, <laughs> you know, just throwing off his skills, and that's pretty much it. I mean, that's all I'm looking forward to. I don't care for the skills as much. You know, I mean, I'll be happy to see Tristan worse, you know, get involved in it. But for the most part, I'm just probably a little excited to watch Baker, have some fun, let him enjoy life, you know, because he went through a lot of drama over the last couple of years. And now he's now I can finally say that, you know, he's got somewhere to go. And Pop says on Twitter, back in my day, the Pro Bowl was big. Marino versus Montana, one week after they played each other in Super Bowl. So that's very good info. We talked about the Super Bowl playing a factor, and Pops confirms that you got guys like Dan Marino and Joe Montana out there playing. Oh, Now you got guys like, you know, Minchu. I love Minchu as well, so no knock on him. I think he's a cool-ass dude, incredible human, and Great tale, right? He, he had the Colts right there at the playoffs this year. But, you know, the Pro Bowl's for honoring the world's best. And when Antoine Winfield's not named to the Pro Bowl, kind of hard to validate the uh, legitimacy mm-hmm. of a game like that. I mean, yeah. I mean, the only thing about going to miss you is I just think of Uncle Rico. That's all I ever call him is Uncle Rico. Man, I could just see that guy getting stoned. The past, You know, when the Colts lost that heartbreaker, which, by the way, I really thought they should have won that game. Uh, you know, personnel decision, third string running backs in the game, drops an easy first down pass, cost him the game right there. That's the only coaching mistake I could really remember all season long by the Colts. But, you know, Gardner Minshew's probably the type from that game to the Pro Bowl, chilling in his van, smoking a couple dubs, living the good life. But J-Lo, I do want to share the next couple of Brand new uh, shows, I guess, or segments, we'll call them, being introduced this offseason to the Bucketeers world before we give our final words on Liam Cohen coming to the Bucks. But we will be having Man Cave Mondays throughout the offseason where we're going to have some of the top memorabilia collectors and chasers of Tampa Bay Buccaneers memorabilia from around the world on Mondays and talk about, obviously, Bucks news and what's going on with the Bucks, but at the same time, incorporate the chase of the hobby, the love of the hobby. Some of them set up autograph signings with Bucks players, how that goes, talking to these players, talking to the agents. Some of these guys buy jerseys straight off of Bucks players. So, J-Lo, I don't know about you, but I'm interested in hearing how a lot of these negotiations with players go down, how you acquire their jerseys, how you set up autograph signings, what historic momentums these guys might have, and so much more. Oh, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Always interested to see how they get in contact with the agents and stuff like that. I can imagine, you know, I mean, that, that, that'll be a lot of fun. You know, I like hearing stories like that. Of course, I don't got no man cave as of yet, but. Oh, you got a, you got a good little cave going. We yeah, see it you know, in your little, background. A little, little flag, my little, little buccaneer, little chain thing hanging out, you know. You know, it's work in progress. But for the most part, that'll be fun, man cave Monday. Talking about that, Butts News, you know, you never know what's going to come up. And then we're going to try and get historic episodes in as well because me, you, Kat, Stunna, we all know our history about this buck so much well. So about once a month, we're going to have throwback Thursdays, which will pertain to certain moments in Bucks history or certain moments of the franchise all the way from 1976 through the present on how Bucks football has became what it was, the uniform changes 
the you know throw the ray in the bay all that stuff ray perkins former coacher so many people hated him they wanted to throw him in the bay there's a lot about this bucks franchise that is unknown j-lo because um you know it's really only became popular since the tom brady era yeah and it's sad because we did have some fun years before brady you know i still think since we're on the historian talk I still feel that the O2 team, I would pit them over the 20 team because that defense was fast. Vaunted. Oh my God, fast. And like You know, I, hey, you block Simeon Rice. Oh, here's Booger McFarlane. You block Booger McFarlane. Here's Warren Sapp. Oh, you block Warren Sapp. Well, Brooks is coming up the gut. And good luck throwing the ball up the middle with John Lynch, you know, just ch- chopping your head off. And then you got. And then you got, you know, Ball Hawkins, you know, you know, Brian Kelly, who don't get talked about a lot. Brian Kelly, a true legend. It just sets that his son's been going around from team to team. Hopefully he'll find his true home for the most part. But, yeah, I mean, that would be fun talking to historians. You know, I might get a little educated in the 70s and 80s because I was a 90 boy. So, they can, you know, so I guess some of our other guys in the group can kind of, you know, refresh my memory on that. But, um. For the most part, that'd be a lot of fun. You know, talk about some former players. I don't get talked about them much over the years. Hopefully, but have that, some of those former players on as well, right? We'd love to have James Canada back, Anthony Gator back. So we'd love to talk some history with those guys too. Is Gator has had some interest? He loved Lovey and Shiano, but you guys would be shocked if you heard who we'd rather play for: Greg Shiano or Lovey Smith. I think I remember watching that episode. I, like I said, you know, we might, and we might get some other butt players, former butt players, you know, on. You never know. Like I said, at the end of the day, you know, we're a fun podcast, you know. So please like and subscribe, you know, show us some love, man. We we're love, one of we the few pods butts. out there where you don't have to pay money to get your chat up and talked about on the board. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Stun I mentioned the other day. You know, a lot of people only do super chats. We have a Bucks chat. We call it the Bucks chat. You chat, you're part of the Bucks chat. J-Lo. We're already almost at an hour and a half here on this Saturday. As you said, we could do a four-hour special if we incorporate <laughs> the draft, our mock drafts, and free agency predictions and all that stuff, which we did dip into a little bit today thanks to our great comments by Wade, by Leroy, and all of the other people who have made the show possible today as well. Sean, Christopher, Steppin' Peppin', Lucky Lucy, just an incredible crew today. J-Lo, they've really made talking easy. But, again, this was for Liam Cohen. As the deal became official this morning, reported by Greg Allman, the Bucks were zeroing in on Liam Cohen late last night. It was almost official this morning. It became officially official. Any last words or thoughts on the program for new Bucks offensive coordinator, 38-year-old Liam Cohen, stepping into the arena? Oh, hey. He's a good choice, great hire, play call experience, and I can't wait to see him get to work. Can't wait to watch his press conference whenever they have it so he can kind of throw out his ideas, what he wants to do and all that. And I think the players are going to be really happy with him. I think they're going to like what he brings to the table. He's a very likable guy. Even Sean McVay has some nice comments about him when he first got hired at Kentucky in 21 Mm -hmm. saying that, that was his right hand man, a great game planner, something like that. I mean, I mean, McVay gave him his flowers, and McVay is one of the most respected coaches in the NFL. 
So if you got a guy like that saying awesome things about you when you first went to Kentucky, then, you know, sky's the limit for this guy. This guy is going to be the real deal play caller, I feel like. And plus, the one more important thing about him is that he likes to run the ball. Mm. And if you watch and if you look over his time in Kentucky last season, they ran the ball a lot and they ran it. Not well. run it like Byron, though, right? Like two yards oh, in a cloud of dust. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And you see, he don't even have a job. He, he, he's not even being considered an interview for our office quick. And the oh, idiot yeah. denied a head coach, and, and not to be mean to Byron, you know, he's not a bad dude. He was a little smug when I met him in person, I will say. He wasn't, you know, Bowles was way nicer, Bruce was way nicer, whatever, beyond the point. Byron's still not a mean dude, not a bad dude. But, J-Lo, bottom line is, if you're a head coach of the NFL, which Byron had the opportunity to be with Jacksonville, you accept that job because you're never unemployed again in the world of football. If you're a head coach, you'll either be one of four things. You'll get hired as a coordinator or an assistant coach easily. You'll be hired as a broadcaster easily. You'll be hired as a scout or consultant easily. Or college football will welcome you with open arms to coach at any lower-end bowl-eligible school you want. You name it. Byron screwed that all up. He threw it all away. That was just wild. I thought for sure he was going to go back to Jacksonville, the team that drafted him. It all came down to general manager. He did not want to work with the general manager for the Jaguars. And now look what happened. The the general manager still has a job, and you don't. You know, and he actually hired a real coach. Can't even get I mean, an assistance quarterback coach again. I mean, I mean, no disrespect to Byron. I mean, he did help win us a Super Bowl, I guess, you know. But I do believe that Bruce Arians had a big influence on the red lining BS that was brought up. Now I'm a true believer in that after the 22-season meltdown with Byron Leftwich. Like I said, I mean, best of luck to him, you know, if he gets another job opportunity. But I... sorry, buddy, you made the biggest mistake, turned down an NFL job, you know, because you only get a one-chance life and opportunity. And it was to a team that drafted you, a team where you built your career on, before you before you know you went to the Pittsburgh Steelers and you came here to play quarterback. By the way, bad memories of that guy here at quarterback, but anyway, it's another story. But <laughs> but anyway <laughs> I could talk all day about Byron Leftwich, man. He's de- he's definitely not my cup of tea, but at the end of the day, we got our guy, Liam Cohen. I think he's gonna do an excellent job here, maybe even better. Hopefully he don't get poached, but that's another conversation for later. That'd be a good if he does, right? Not a good thing in terms of him getting poached, but that means we've had a good year, a successful season, and that means that, hey, we probably made a deep playoff run. Just, just not, just not to our division rival, like the Saints or something. <laughs> yeah, wait till the yeah. NFC South next year. You have fucking um, Dave Canales in Carolina. You got Raheem Morris, ex Bucks coach in Atlanta. Then you got Liam Cohen in New Orleans. <laughs> I mean. I'll, I'll, I would I would totally go on strike in the NFL and say no, no division of rivals, please. Anywhere else but our division rivals. Well, John uh, Gruden is employed by the Saints. He's a senior consultant firm. Yeah, that kind of hurt me a little bit because you know I know some people hate Gruden, but I love Gruden. I still like him. I mean, he made a mistake. It was a bad mistake, but to be fair, he really wasn't even supposed to get dug up into. And quite frankly, I bet you if you dig into a lot of people's past in the NFL. Probably a lot of skeletons in their closets. I think Gruden got the short end of the stick with the Bucks ring of honor. Again, it's not a Mr. Congeniality contest, right? You have Warren Sapp, and I love Warren Sapp, one of my favorite players ever, but, you know, not short of controversies. He's sitting up there beautifully.
you bring down Gruden at the snap of a finger. But yeah, he's in New Orleans. Raheem's in Atlanta. Dave Canellis in Carolina. Kind of crazy in the NFC South, Jay. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I can't wait to play Dave Canellis. You know, to me, Cohen is going to take Canellis and fucking gut him like like the Bob Barker gif, like in uh, <laughs> Billy Madison or yeah, Happy Gilmore, actually. Happy I'm Gilmore. sorry. Yeah, Happy I, I think, Gilmore. He'll be like, I think you had enough. Nope. <laughs> now you had enough. Liam is going to get the best of Dave I firmly believe that my final word is this J-Lo I think it's a great hire you think it's a great hire let's see how it pans out but I think this means Baker's back and ready to bake LFB let's fucking bake I'm amped for this offseason for you people we've heard it all season Bucks fans you guys didn't want us to make the playoffs you guys wanted us to tank now you're already negative Nancy saying, oh, we're not going to get Baker back. We're not going to get Mike Evans back. It's like you Bucks fans. Oh, I love you guys. But at the same flip of the coin, too many people are negative Nellies, negative Nancy's out there. J-Lo, I'm ready to ride with Cohen and we're going to bring back all the boys, Mike Evans, Baker Mayfield and the rest of them. And, and that's a missing pieces too. be on alert because we're going to go for another division title, baby. We're going to go for another one. I don't care about no damn Saints, no Kitty Cat, Dave Canellas, BS, Atlanta, whatever. You got Dan Morgan was on Coke, it looked like, in his interview. Oh, he had the Adam bro. Gase eyeballs popping out of his bug eye mind. Bro, it looked like he sharted his pants, dude, the way he was sitting there. Like, like he was trying to squeeze out a fart and all of a sudden, shit, like, mm. <laughs> Sandy Lyle, <laughs> along came Polly. Action, I sharted. I got to get out of here. <laughs> no, but Dave Canellas was a little nervous on NFL Network. He was like, Looking at shots, I'm like, hey, you getting, are you doing a little something, something, buddy? You getting a little too excited <laughs> to be a coach? Hey, so remember this. A lot of people are talking about it now, J-Lo, but at 7 a.m. yesterday, I tweeted right after the Cohen news, bring Zach Yenzer to Tampa as the O-line coach. That's going to be my final word. Going to be very important who our O-line coach is as we might have one to two new O-linemen this year. And I think Zach Yenzer would be a fantastic choice as he ran the big blue wall, assistant 49ers offensive line coach. He was offensive line coach at a great, great amount of college places as well, J-Lo. And DJ says McCollum at safety would be nice. We did discuss that, and uh, we think it would be nice too. And another great thing with Yenzer on the staff would be if you build the staff around these young guys, say you retain Van Dam, you retain Tad Lewis, which might not be – um, 100% home run now with Oakland being open. You retain a lot of these younger guys, it's a lot easier to promote from within. Our only option this year, Idzik got coached, and I think he's going to do terrible regardless in Carolina. And Tad Lewis, well, they surpassed him. But J-Lo, final thought for the program, brother. We'll come out with the schedule for next week's shows here in the near future. Yeah, man, it was a fun show. Great talk about the office coordinator, possible moves and free agency draft prospects. You know, it's, it's the fun thing about football offseason, man. We're not going anywhere. We're going to be here talking, bringing all the best content we can. And plus, you know, Bucks fans, the ones that wanted to jump ship last this past season, stay, stay away from my ship, man. Get, get the hell out of here with that nonsense. And like I said, it's going to be fun. You got me, Tones, Cat, Stunna, Bucker Bruce, Honcho. Get some of these other guys on here. Part time, save the part timers for last. I like it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, man, go Bucks, man. Can't wait. Talk more about football.
Yeah, brother, always a pleasure to talk to you. Love you, my man. Enjoy your Saturday if you're spending it with your daughters or however you might be doing it. Just enjoy it. You know, it's the off-season. News could break at any time, but this is a time to relax because once college football and NFL hits, you know those weekends just go up as quick as we know them. But, yeah, all great things for the Bucketeers here. We're going to have so much more giveaways. Going to have a new intro video. I'm having somebody work on that as we speak, actually. A lot of great guests, new shows this offseason, all great stuff, J-Lo. You take it easy, my brother. Happy Saturday. God bless. You too, brother. Go Bucks, man. Fire the damn cannons. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Welcome, Liam Cohen, sir. Welcome, sir, Liam Cohen. We have faith in you. Can't wait, man. Let's do it. I know you're nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. I played with Rock and anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bucks fans were there, too. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron Show of WDAE uh, Pat Donovan and it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little cleared but we're joined by Pat Donovan it looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there <laughs> it does look like you got a little no my, my uh, camera's broke <laughs> 